was that noise? Was that sleigh bells? Why, it must be time for the annual No Question About That Christmas special. Ed, you look very festive in your Santa beard and hat. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Santa beard, all right. Although um, I have the benefit of not being that grey somehow. Don't know how that happened. I don't know how you've got away with that, by the way. Like, you are, you don't have any grey in your beard or your hair, basically. Just my pubes. <laughs> Um, so we, on that festive note, we um, I guess Monday is that, night is that festive? <laughs> I, I, no, it's not. That was that, that was what I was going for. Um, the, uh, the United have played some games and stuff, and we do two podcasts a week now. But even the hardest working podcasters in the game wanted Christmas off, so we um, thought we would record a bit of a special in advance and put it out. So if Somehow, these awards have all been invalidated by things that have happened in... <laughs> That's be- very true. Yeah, between the 17th of December and whenever you're listening to this. It's, it's entirely possible. Well, uh, I think our first category is going to be very hard for anyone to break into that. <laughs> yeah. To be fair. Uh, so our, our second two categories, you never know. It could happen. So, um, over the last uh, four or five weeks on the backers content on, on the show... Um, that you can get access to by going to patreon.com slash NQAT pod, obviously. Um, we've we've basically broken down and uh, discussed and debated all of these categories. So you won't hear any debate on this show today. We've agreed to these things. And if you don't agree with them, that's completely fine. We live in a free world where people are allowed to disagree. Uh, We're just going to like block you, ban you, wipe you from the internet... Something like that. And I've just realised um, I might have written down uh, one of the categories wrong, but <laughs> I, I think these are the results of our deliberations. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, the top five in player of the decade, game of the decade, and then finish with goal of the decade and have a little bit of a chat about um, just about those players, really. Not so much why they are where they are on the list, because you can uh, listen to all the content that we've done on um the backers content um about that but we're just going to talk about the players and the goals and the games uh, in and of themselves so we will start off with fifth place in player of the decade and this is basically about seven players on a rotational basis none of whom have been consistently good through the whole of the decade i think we we gave the award to Anthony Martial, but genuinely, literally, in the, since we did that, Marcus Rashford has pulled at least level with Martial in overall contribution in the decade. Um, and I've put like slash Chris Smalling just just to, just to wind everyone up. Or yeah, what? exactly. No, we we basically gave it to Martial, but um, essentially, there's a, a lot of players. So I'll just talk a little bit about Anthony Martial's contribution to United this decade. There's been some really important goals. There's been a lot of moments of magic, and and there's been kind of a lot of Hope associated. Young Martial is isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial! Martial, Herrera. Martial, chance to win it, he has! But 
for the most part, as as we know, the the reason that a player who's who's performances have been so up and down um can be on the list at all is because of how much turnover there's been at the club and all that kind of stuff right and and just the lack of consistency all round really um since 2013 and there's an awful lot of the decade exactly since 2013 and most of the decade has happened since 2013 and yet robin van persie is number fourth on our player of the decades list yeah and he only had one good season what a season it was um, no player at United has had a season in the decade like Van Persie. I mean, you could argue that Rooney did near the beginning of the decade, but it didn't quite have the same feeling of utter magic that Van Persie's did. What a what a magical, marvellous moment in time it was. Yeah, um, Sir Alex Ferguson's parting gift, as we now know it was... And uh, look, a real shame that Van Persie couldn't carry on that form of that one season into his second. I I think one of the things that everyone was worried about when Van Persie joined the club was his injury record. And of course, that really did begin to bite in his second season at the club. Didn't get on very well with David Moyes. Surprise, surprise. Um, And eventually left for, where did he go to? Fenerbahce, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, but not at the end of his second season. That was at the end of his third season because he had an entire season under Van Gaal. Um, But hardly played a game, I think. It it was just mess. It was just very messy. But he played 105 times for Man United. It's a kind of remarkable amount to fit into one season. Uh, But he did it somehow. All right. So I'm pretty sure I've transcribed this wrong and... uh, in number three position in player of the decade is actually Michael Carrick. Yes. So let's just have a conversation about Michael Carrick's contributions to United in the 2010s. Yeah. So he joined in 2008, I think. Seven. Seven for what uh, seemed like a very large fee at the time, like £14 million or something like that. Um, one of those tough negotiations with Spurs. Now, of course, it looks like uh, you, you can you can buy a League Two player for fourteen million pounds. Could you? Uh, uh, he he didn't immediately sort of uh, become the player. He eventually he wasn't immediately the player. He eventually became Michael Carrick. Although he had a lot of the qualities, it took a long time for him to really embed himself into the team. And I think actually, as he got older, he became more important. Um, Absolutely. I don't know why I said 2007 when it was definitely 2006, because in the summer of 2007, we signed Hargreaves, Nani and Anderson. Um, But yeah, it was the summer before that. And then, of course, we did win the league in his first season here. And then we won the league and cup, the league and European Cup double. Uh, Then we won the league the following season, missed out a couple of times on what by one point and then goal difference. You know, it was a he was a really important part of all that. But you're absolutely right. The, the time when he really started to come into his own, I think, was the back end of the 2011-12 season. And he'd had some like good performances before that. Roma, obviously. But, yep. but I think his best season in the United shirt was 12-13, where you know, the, there are people that will make this slightly facetious argument that he should have had player of the season over Van Persie. But, no. I mean, come on. Come, no, on, come on, come on, people. come on, people. But yeah, look, I think he's he had a really fine career at United. It wasn't always loved or appreciated. He's one of those players who um, doesn't do spectacular things. Although, look, Lord McAlealy got huge amounts of praise and press and he didn't do 
spectacular things. It took a while for character to kind of earn the plaudits of United fans or and of the press. He was deeply underappreciated by England play, uh, managers as well. I think he ended up with something like 30 caps, didn't he? Just oh, over 30 nice. caps, which is ridiculous for a player of his talents. I mean, especially um, but yeah, a, a, re- a really fine career for United. Especially since, like, there was no one better suited in the world to answering the Lampard Gerrard question than Michael Carrick. Because what a three the three of them would have made if you just had Carrick holding. Anyway, that's that's not our problem. But the um, the the thing I, I remember you saying something really important once on this show about Carrick, which was. Um, the people who argue you don't understand football if you don't understand Michael Carrick go too far sometimes. And that he did, it wasn't just that he was unappreciated because he didn't do the flashy things. There were also times when some of the things he lacked did cost United. You know, some of the lack of physicality and all those kinds of things were actually quite important. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm sure if you did the uh, the stats analysis, which I haven't looked back on, I I don't know whether it's all available really, on Carrick, I'm not sure he's going to put up all those mega numbers that uh, that uh, you know really high quality defensive midfielders do. I mean, didn't make many tackles and interceptions and blocks and that kind of thing. He wasn't that kind of player. It's hard to categorise him in a sense. He did a very sound defensive job through his you know really astute positional play. I think, um, and his most important quality was just moving the ball very, very quickly. Obviously, a very fine passer, but just got the ball through midfield and uh, made the team very cohesive. The kind of thing that we, I guess, we hope Scott McTominay might become. He isn't anywhere near there yet, <laughs> and especially not nah, on the passing just, front. Um, that's it, isn't it? Because that's that's Carrick's greatest asset by far is his passing, and that's that's the thing that's like sorely lacking and it's interesting because he was surrounded by brilliant passes at United Carrick was but he had a particular knack of I remember you saying when Ronaldo left he really suffered at first he was the player to suffer the most from Ronaldo leaving because um his game was so built on recycling possession and getting it to the forwards quickly and as we became a bit less of a counter-attacking side he had to find a new role in the team yeah all right who's at number two uh, Wayne Rooney, obviously. I mean, you know, the the problem with this list is it's almost entirely by default. That that's the you know, if we'd done a player of the decade from two thousand to two thousand and nine, it would have been almost impossible to narrow it down to five and to decide who number. I guess we'd have given number one to Ronaldo, but uh, there would have been very, very, very strong arguments for Rooney, for Skulls, for um, you know, even some of the players that had left a little bit earlier. You know, there's tons and tons of arguments to be made. Some of the defenders, but. There's no real argument for any of this. It was quite boring, actually, putting together the list. Right. But Rooney did have an, a cup, two absolutely outstanding seasons, a further really good season in, in the, the first Moyes season. His last right. season under Fergie, he was actually like, it made a vital contribution, put up numbers that would look staggering by today's yeah, standards. Well, today, yeah. Although Fergie wanted to bin him off, of course. Yeah. He did. And and we saw, you know, we, I mean, anyone that's listened to this show in its previous incarnation and uh, was listening in the mid 2010s will know where we stood yeah. on the on Rooney's if, if place you, in the you side. If you scroll back through any uh, Apple podcast reviews, you'll get quite a few of them complaining about our agenda against Mr. Rooney. Yeah. Um, but. Ultimately, uh, second in the player of the decade stakes, it's, it's an easy decision to make because, yeah. you know, 
Um, and and then uh, the choice of number one is pretty easy too, but he's going to trigger a lot of people. Paul Pogba at number one. <laughs> so before we move on to the actual number one pick, um, Rooney uh, scored a hatful of goals in two seasons. These This decade yeah. featured his two... Two 30-plus goals. Exactly, seasons. yeah. And, you know, we never quite knew if he had those in him. And, you know, like many things... It was better in 2010 than it is now. Um, but Rooney's like 10-11 season was an absolutely majestic masterclass. Mm. Of, until he got that injury and was rushed back against Bayern and all that, he was in unbelievable form. He was, yeah. I mean, uh, I was, I was going to say helped by, but I'm not equivocating the, the quality of his season, but it was helped by a change in position. He played up front, he played at number nine, he wasn't being played in wider positions or deeper positions. And and he was, you know, in the, and he had that all round quality, of course, Rooney did to be able to play in all these different positions. But he wouldn't have scored 30 goals if he'd been playing in different roles in the team like he did for much of his United career. Absolutely, and I misspoke, sorry, the season I'm talking about is 09-10, that first season after Ronaldo left when he really massively stepped up. Then there was a season where Berbatov kind of came to the fore, and in that first season, that was, yeah, he was playing at number nine, but he was fully like nine and a half still. He still did a lot in terms of like overall creative work and stuff that first season after Ronaldo. But then there was the 11-12 season where he scored a staggering hat full of goals, but that was very much like a number nine as a striker, fox-in-the-box type player. But right. kind of amazing that a player could have a season of that level of quality as a number nine who also had the level of quality he had as as whatever he was in the late 2000s. I, at, at this peak, Rooney could have played in any position. It's it, like, he's just a really, really high-quality player yeah. who sadly didn't look after himself and, and you know fell off a cliff physically and it really impacted his game. But, you know... He'll, he'll, he'll be doing well in the championship with Derby. Did you see his uh, unveiling recently? I'm still annoyed that he's wearing the number of the sponsor on the back of his kit. It's absolutely disgusting. Foot, modern football is rubbish. But Wayne Rooney, absolutely not rubbish. Although he was quite rubbish for some of this decade. But so good for the bits that he wasn't that he, he easily is number two on the list. And number one is, of course, I mean, there's just... I don't know how there could realistically be any debate. I mean... This decade has had 10 years in it, and in three of those years, the player of the season was David De Gea. It feels like it should be more than three of those years. Yeah, it does, but it was the Moy season and the two Van Hal seasons where he was outright player of the season. And I think, actually, in Mourinho's first season... He did an incredible job of of keeping of like you know he he made a lot of very big saves in that first season as well. Yeah, we had a lot of debate on this uh, here podcast about just how many shots United gave up. Um, but yeah, look, he's had a he's had a stellar career with United. He keeps, despite all the speculation, keeps committing to the club. Uh, he was a fax machine away from departing for a, a, a very small sum at one point, and he. I guess would have done it if if the paperwork had been signed. Um, but it, the way he talks about the club, he's very happy in Manchester. I think he'll be saying for, he's just signed a new five year contract. He's going to be here into his thirties, um, and for most of his time at the club, he's been excellent. Had some shaky times when he first came to the club, just getting used to the difference in the nature of the game over here. 
some of those weaknesses are still present, of course. You know, he's not the perfect keeper, but he's a incredibly high quality. Show me a perfect keeper because I'm not sure there has been one. Um, incredibly high quality and standards. Uh, dropped off for the last sort of six months or so uh, last season when he was um, happily chucking it, it in his own net. Um, but he's back now. And, and actually, United have been pretty solid when McTominay's in the side and giving up a lot fewer shots. And he's actually making fewer saves at the moment, uh, David De Gea, although his save percentage is right up there, as you'd expect. I feel like the, the thing that, you know, uh, you know how you get blasé about stuff when you see it a lot. That One of the things that in 10 years' time, when we're watching YouTube compilations of David De Gea's best saves, we're going to be crying tears that we saw this in real life. Like, the, the stuff that he's done has been miraculous. So, well done, David De Gea. I mean, you know, badly done, Man United, that the goalkeeper wins player of the decade by default. That's very unfortunate, but we know it's been a difficult decade. And, uh, yeah. So, so, after this short break... We'll be getting on to our next category. Game of the Decade. So this one took three full weeks of about half an hour of content, about 90 minutes worth of conversation has gone into distilling this list. So if you've got a problem, you can listen to why it happened. All the answers are there in the backers content. But yeah, I mean, like, it's not what you should be doing, but you could just back us for a month, download them all, listen to them all, and then stop backing us. Yeah, exactly. Although, what, but don't what, do that. What will happen is you'll enjoy it so much. You'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with, um, I'm gonna stick with them because this is this is too good." Let's uh, talk about number five on our list then, uh, and definitely the funniest. Yep, I'm laughing just thinking about it. So, if I was to say to you, Danny Welbeck brackets twenty two, Ashley Young brackets twenty eight ninety plus one. Wayne Rooney, brackets 41, 64, 82, pen. Nanny, brackets 67. And Jay Park, brackets 70. Uh, would that ring any, any bells, Ed? Quite a few, yeah. yeah. Eight of them, maybe. Lovely little ball in, looking for... Welbeck! Danny Welbeck's dream story continues. What a week he's had. Now here's our shabby. Walcott gets put. Oh, goes oh, down. No, that's nothing. Penalty. There. He's given a penalty. Oh, I can't believe that. Here comes the Dutchman. Van Persie. Great save there. How to make yourself a United hero. Looking for Welbeck. Will it fall for Nani? It's guided away by Traore to Young. Young has a go. Great corner. Oh, sensational. Ashley Young's first goal for Manchester United. It's Rooney who takes it. Rooney! Brilliant! Outstanding! And Arsenal have been ruthlessly swept aside by the champions. 3-0. Now Rosicki. And it's opened up here for Walcott. Through the goalkeeper and gives Arsenal hope. It is Rooney. Does try it again. Oh! Sensational! Rooney looking for the hat trick, remember. Nanny's clean through, surely. Delightful. Absolutely delightful. 
Well, there's just a celebratory atmosphere at Old Trafford. This could be any score. Here's Park. Young takes on Jenkinson. Back to Park. Jason Park! Arsenal's nemesis has struck. And Arsenal have been hit for six at Old Trafford. Back into the danger area again. Van Persie scores. Tracy's got Chicharito oh, over the top. Chicharito just couldn't control it properly, but he still goes through. Oh, yeah. Jenkinson in big trouble here. Surely Jenkinson's got to go. And Walcott's an emergency right back at the moment. Park. Oh, Everett's got a long way. Oh, penalty. Pushed. Penalty. And a chance for Wayne Rooney yeah. to, to get his hat trick. Rooney steps up. Patrick. And Arsenal. This is Young. Onto his right foot. Young! Oh, dear man. Stunner! We've witnessed something quite extraordinary at Old Trafford this afternoon. Manchester United 8, Arsenal 2. Absolutely, unbelievably, ridiculously, wonderfully, joyous, stupid, bizarre, magical... Uh, nonsense beautiful nonsense game of football Manchester United 8 Arsenal 2 uh, let's just go through some of the uh, individual performances here Wayne Rooney um, three goals one pen hit the crossbar one assist Ashley Young three assists and two goals from wow. the left wing that's like 50% of his goals and assists for his whole United career yeah something like that uh, two classic Ashley Youngs you know swinging them in uh, uh, from the left uh, into the keeper's far side um, who else scored Nanny scored in this one Welbeck scored your boy Welbs what's happened to Bo- is he still alive he's at Watford in so no bottom of the prem it's just not fair i mean this was the you know we we've talked a lot about the beginning of the 20 uh 11 12 season and uh, it will come up again spoiler warning uh during the goal of the decade conversation um but the electric start to that season we beat tottenham 3-0 um we ended up beating Bolton 5-0, but this was cleverly and Anderson in the centre of midfield. This was Welbeck and Rooney up front with Nani. This was electric. It, you know, this is one of the few games where we didn't soak up pressure and hit Arsenal on the break because something was very badly wrong with Arsenal that day, you know? Yeah, it's very true, but one of the b- most bizarre stats about this game, 8-2, United took 25 shots, <laughs> scored eight goals, right? I mean, you're like, all right, you're going to have a huge amount of shots. How many shots do you think Arsenal took to get their two goals? Two. 20. Wow. 20 shots Arsenal wow. had in this game. <laughs> Absolutely insane. You've got the possession stats in front of you. Yeah, 56-43. Right. And change. Yeah. Um, just... What an insane game of football. I remember I remember being quite nervous in the build-up to this because this was a big season and City were a massive threat and there was a lot going on and there was a lot of hope riding on that this kind of very new look, very fresh-looking side that had obviously, you know, we'd, we'd suffered the kind of crushing defeat at the hands of Barcelona and there was a lot of chat 
everywhere, but we talked a lot about this thing that Fergie had said about kind of trying to get closer to Barcelona. And actually, at the beginning of the season, it genuinely looked like we were really on the right track towards building something new. And there was this kind of like really fast interchange of passing and movement around the box, you know, that um, that we, again, we'll talk about later. But uh, this was a thing at that at that point. And, and this felt like, oh my God, something really special is happening here. Yeah, um, and uh, it certainly did for the 90 minutes. And of course, on the Arsenal side, uh, none other than Robin Van Persie scored uh, for Arsenal. Um, yep. Uh, amongst, uh, who else scored? Theo Walcott. He's still alive as well, just about. Yeah, absolutely. Carl Jenkinson, who was absolutely terrible in that game, I remember, get, got a red card in the 77th minute. But... Uh, one of the world's most ridiculous ever, literally, without any hyperbole, one of the most ridiculous football matches that's ever happened. And uh, we won it 8-2. It was brilliant. Number four on our list. We had a lot of debate about where this should uh, go in the, the top five or whether it should be in the top five at all. Um, because this one is not a very high quality game of football, uh, in truth. And United didn't play very well in it. Um, but uh, United's win at Paris Saint-Germain last season still sort of still deeply resonates, doesn't it? Just a just a magical magical moment and night that no one really expected, and and just the drama of how it all unfolded. Well, it looks like mission impossible for Manchester United on a rainy night in Paris into the lion's den of the Parc de France with at least two goals needed tonight against a team that many feel could win the Champions League this season. There's a bad ball, here's the chance, it's Lukaku and he's around the goalkeeper and he's squeezed it in and what a start that is for Manchester United in Paris. The man in form, the man among the goals has a big one tonight in the Champions League. Marquinhos, now Traxler. There's Mbappe on the move, he got it through, Smalling, it's gone right the way through, and Van Bernard with a tap-in, made by Kylian Mbappe, they'll check it for VAR, but it looks like Manchester United's lead, their early lead, has disappeared already. Here's Andreas Pereira, and now Rashford, supported outside him by Shaw, he's got himself, spilled by Buffon, oh they've got another one, and it's him again, Romelu Lukaku, who scores two goals in a game for the third game in a row, after a howler from Gianluigi Buffon, Rashford, now Dallo, Dallo's thinking about the shot, that took a deflection, it's a corner, the big men forward, just taking a look at the ball that did collide with the arm of Kim Pembe. Oh, the referee's going to look at it, Steve. What a moment this is. Wow. My word. How do they see it? The Manchester United supporters are holding their breath. Penalty! It's a penalty to Manchester United! How's your bottle? to Lukaku any better there, could he? The full-time whistle. And Solskjaer has won it. And you've heard that somewhere before. Yeah, I mean, 
everything. So this was like peak me not being on Twitter. This was, and I reactivated my Twitter account that night because I just wanted to be around United people and the sheer outpouring of joy, you know, the, all the horrible nihilism and fatalism of the, of late period Mourinho had already been kind of blown away. But then that Paris Saint-Germain game at home had been a real kind of bounce down to earth with a bump thing, which by the way, proved to be extremely accurate for where we were actually at as a football club. But that's a side note for, for those kids all that injury ravagedness, even like Fred coming back and being really effective and good for the first time in a really long time. And then just Marcus Rashford taking that penalty with the composure that he showed. And I can't think about that penalty without in my head playing a montage of Man United, injured Man United players' Instagram stories about it. <laughs> this this game, I just think about this game and I instantly hear Anthony Martial incredibly intensely screaming le caractère. Come on, watch it. <laughs> 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 Beans, I love you, lad. Whatever happens, I love you, lad. Come on, come on, you. Top right. Yeah! Yeah! Come on, the boys! Come on, the boys! Get in there, I love this game. Um, some notable performances: two goals from Romelu Lukaku. Um, who's that? Yeah, who's that? Who? 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 Um, Scott McTominay and Fred in midfield, both of who had immense games in one way or another. Um, uh, Pereira played in this game. Perhaps he didn't like really impact the game. Was one of the ones that was uh, pulled off late on for the when all the kids came on. Delo came on. We haven't seen him in months, have we? Uh, Greenwood, who we've seen a lot of recently, and, and Tahith Chong. Um, you know, you'll have seen that picture of all the youngsters sort of screaming after Rashford scores the goal. Great, great moment. Um, yeah, just, a, just a. Like and and you know we talked a lot on the the backers pod about uh, why why it ended up as fourth because there are arguments it was number one because it was just so dramatic but 
ultimately just kind of meant nothing because United got spanked in the next round. It didn't win United anything. It wasn't a particularly big game. It was a quarterfinal. But it was absolutely magic. And that magic is very much worthy of a place on this list. So in um, third place on the list is a game that uh, possibly meant a little bit more in terms of its overall impact on United's place in the uh, final table that season. Uh, and it is, if I just say to wor- the words Dimitar Berbatov hat-trick to you, Ed, uh, what what image does that immediately bring to mind? United haven't had much success in corner so far in this game. What about this one? The cushioned ball on the thigh and the completely unexpected overhead. Just magic. What a performance. And and not only was that completely unexpected, his two other goals were headers. When did Dimitar Berbatov head a ball? I was listening to the official United podcast, which is really good, by the way. Um, And they interviewed Berbatov and he talked... I didn't remember this stat, but it was the first time for like 40 years that someone had scored a hat-trick in a Liverpool-Man United game. Like, Forlan is an absolute cult hero for scoring a brace once. Berbatov scored, not only did he score a hat-trick, but we were 2-0 up. Steven Gerrard, I think, scored both of their goals, kissed the camera to bring it back to 2 all, and then Berbatov scored again with the header to, to win the game for United. Just electric yeah it's so much happening in this game he scored a penalty Gerard did and then uh deflected free kick to bring him back to 2-2 jammy jammy but Berbatov headed home for the winner honestly Stephen bad funny funny bad things happening to Stephen Gerrard I'm I'm not a person who thrives on schadenfreude but I will make precisely two exceptions to that rule one is him kissing the camera and the other is the game that is number two on this list. 22nd of March, 2015. Juanfield, baby. again. And the Herrera. Matters making a run. In. Fine ball for Juan Mata. 1-0. Well, they've been on top. And they've got a goal to show for it. Manchester United at Anfield. Felix Diamond. 
got the crowd going already. And, uh, Challenge. United might say the foot was up for it. Oh, I think he's on, he's on for more reasons than one, Steven Gerrard. Oh, no. Look at this. No sooner on than off. Sacco, his matter. Now Di Maria, matter wants it back. Gets it back. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Down the years in this famous fixture. There won't have been too many goals like that. You know what? Everyone remembers the um, the second goal, the scissor kick. So uh, Di Maria's chipped past through and uh, scissor kick and look on little little Wan's face as he scores. Couldn't believe it. But this, the first goal's a really fine goal as well. Nice yeah. team goal. Um, and uh, Wan Mata finishes with his right foot. What's going on there? Right, he's got one. <laughs> I mean, you know, not only does he have one, but he ran the game with it. Like playing on right wing, false winger. This is the this is the height of the brilliant Van Gaal era where we've got the three nil against Spurs and the four two against City. Um, but this was the one. I mean, you mentioned the look on Juan's face, the look on Ander Herrera's face with both hands on his head as he runs behind uh, Mata celebrating the goal. And in the in the great photo of that, you can see the United crowd um, going just as ballistic as you would expect at having seen what they've seen. And you'd think that that was the peak moment of the game, an absolutely oh, no. genius scissor kick to put us 2-0 up. But what, what happened in the second half, Ed? Well, quite a lot of drama. I mean, firstly, Daniel Sturridge scores low down to Dave's left in the, you know, in in the zone that Dave might have saved that one. <laughs> uh, no, no, not having to go at him, you know. Um, and then uh, they send Stephen Gerrard on substitute, <laughs> and you know, clearly with a word from the manager, get stuck in, get win us the game. Come on, Steve, you've done it before. Get us back in this game, and he's amped up to eleven. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no chance he's not flying into someone. And he does, you know. Like, almost first thing he does is clatter someone. Um, does he get card for the first one? Can't remember if he does or not. But, uh, no, maybe not. Um, and then it's just seconds later when he's <laughs> he's just flying in again. And then he gets all stampy. Uh, and just um, 40 seconds, what is it, 38 they timed yeah, I think it's as... 48, I think it's 48 mm. seconds. And it, that's kind of one of the things I love about this. It's very rare that you can watch the highlights of a performance, um, an entire contribution to a game in one 48-second unedited setting, sitting. But you can with this. Like, one of the funniest things in the world is watching it on on fast motion. Because like he just comes on, runs around, crunches people, and then gets sent off and has to leave <laughs> again. It's just tremendous! What a game of football! What great! A game yeah, of football. just so much happening. Uh, quite a lot happening in this uh, this next one as well. Our, our number one game of the decade. We we debate this a lot, but I mean, it's just it's just fabulous. There's uh, absolutely everything in this. So talk talk us through um, what happens in this game. Then three two to United in the end. Let me, uh, uh, but that's the only telling part of the story, isn't it? Let me set the scene. The year is 2012. Some bad things happen featuring Manchester City and Manchester United that we shan't go into. But immediately after that, Alex Ferguson gives a speech at the end of the season awards and he says, I'm a dinosaur, but what I am is I'm a winner. 
and the place goes absolutely ballistic. He tells the story of um, the Sunderland fans jeering and says it reminds him of when uh, Liverpool fans asked Ryan Giggs for an autograph and then tore it up in front of his face. And he says, use that, son, use that. And uh, he's telling Phil Jones, use, use the Sunderland fans taunting to guide you to bigger and better things. But not just Phil Jones, but the entire team. Um, then he's like, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I sign Robin Van Persie instead of them. And then Van Persie comes and he starts giving it all the, the little kid inside me told me to sign for United. And he keeps talking about how Skulls and uh, Giggs are like unbelievable champions. And the whole thing, that everything changes. We win every game after like going behind and we're winning 3-2 and 4-3 every other week. It's all ca- glorious chaos and it's all building up to this. This time we are going to City. The season before they'd beaten us 6-1 at our place. Like this was a frightening thought at this point going to City. But what happens? We show up. First against second. All the ingredients are here for a classic Manchester derby. And in the first half, I don't really, I haven't, I haven't watched the highlights back because behind the scenes we had to start recording this all of a sudden. Um, I was going to watch the highlights back of this game, but my memory of it is that Wayne Rooney was absolutely brilliant in the first half of that game. Yeah, well, he scores the the first two goals. Neither of them are clean strike. I might add. <laughs> Shanks the first one in. Loter Joe Hart's right. Counter-attack. This is promising. Rooney cleverly up with him. It's Wayne Rooney. Onto his right foot. Rooney. Oh, oh he's gone in. He didn't strike it particularly cleanly. He wrong-footed Joe Hart. And United take the lead in the derby. It's Wayne Rooney against City again. City nil. United what? Joe Hart. He's still alive. I yeah, think. just about. I don't know uh, who he plays for anymore. No, no idea. He was at Burnley, wasn't he? At some point he was at West Ham as well, but no idea where he is now. Yeah, I'm doing the shrug emoji. No <laughs> idea. Um, and then he doesn't hit the second one clean either, which goes in the same corner from a little further out. Uh, but yeah, you know, Rooney, brilliant, scores two goals. United going to win. No problem at all. Until, until City come back into it in the second half. And before Torre scores the City's first goal... Um, but the 30 seconds before that, it's madness because Dave pulls off two absolute double wonder saves. I remember this now. Yeah, I remember just and I remember it's how a pinball machine in there and he's stopping every single thing. I remember how deflating and disappointing it was when one ended up back in the back of the net. And it almost felt like, ah, our brave resistance has been overcome here and it's only going to go one way from here. Yeah, now, well, it really felt like it because... Not long after that, corner to City, swings over, cleared out. Zabaleta, edge of the box, slams it in. Honestly, a fullback. Silva's got options left and right. What a terrific save. And what a double save. Unbelievable from De Gea. That's outstanding. It's not clear yet, though. City back in it. United bring everyone back. In it comes towards the near post. Headed out. Free shot. It's goal. It's 2-2. I said I didn't watch the highlights, but um, I can see that so clearly in my mind's eye because it was so scarring. And I think I think that was it, really. That was the league title. Probably like, oh, it's going to be a lot, kind of going to be really hard to win this league title back. 
Oh, God, the, the incredible scaffolding celebrations are going to have to wait. Or are they? Carrick. Oh, Raphael's clipped. Free kick. Now, is this set up for Robin Van Persie to bend one into the top corner, I wonder? Van Persie, the angle of this with his left foot. Make a name for yourself, Robin. Van Persie then in stoppage time in his first Manchester derby. Van Persie took a reflection. Oh, he's done it! It's Van Persie! Thank goodness he chose red over blue. It's City 2, United 3. I mean, it's just it's just completely set up. It's like, uh, I, I don't really believe in some kind of, you know, preordained fate, but it's this is the one where they say, this was written in the stars, this is fate. You know, uh, who got bundled over? I can't remember who got bundled over for the free no kick. No idea. But it's free kick sort of just a bit to the right of the D, just perfectly set up. And Van Persie waits and he waits and he waits. And then, bang. And then he sort of like fairly limply curls it into the wall and Sami Nasri dives out <laughs> the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a little uh, flick off uh, a boot and uh, that beats Joe Hart. But still, it's the moment. And then the celebrations, just blood running down Rio's face. I think that they'd let off a flare, so there's all this blue smoke in the background in all the photos as well. It just like, adds to the drama and the atmosphere. Cheers, lads. Yeah. yeah. Um, Van Persie runs behind the goal going absolutely ancient. Oh, it feels good to think about it. I'm not going to lie. I've got good feelings in my body right now. Yeah. So that is the game of the game of the decade and a worthy winner, I think. And if you think it's something say. else, you're wrong. <laughs> and if you think it's a game that's not on that list or one meant more to you, that's absolutely fine. Um, but this, like I said, this is the result. That's 90 minutes of debate condensed into 15 minutes of chat right there. Uh, So we'll take another little break and then we'll come back with the last category. Enjoy no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. Okay. This is the category I most wanted to talk about because I don't know, for some reason, one of my, I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? But one of my very favourite things to do when it comes to football is just talk about goals. Um, and here are five absolute bangers. Like, again, lots of debate got us to this point. So don't worry about the, the why of it all. Let's just celebrate the glory of it all. All right. So number five, uh, it's Manchester United <sighs> two, Sunderland nil. It's <laughs> but very near the end of the game. It's about... It's about to be something very... It's about to be, like, one of the most routine games you could ever imagine in all your life. It's about to go into folkloric history for absolutely ever. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mkhitaryan in the middle! That is special! This famous stadium has seen some wonderful goals down the year. That is right up there! Cross comes over. Mkhitaryan... Does a madness, somehow twisting his body in the middle of the air to flick it into the net. The referee sends it over to the touchline and VAR rules it out. (laughs) So, fortunately, we live in a parallel universe where the evil that is VAR ruling out perfectly, I mean, VAR correctly ruling out goals for offside uh, has not yet begun. 
so I think it's Valencia finds Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the right. Ibrahimovic's cross is excellent. Mkhitaryan's run has just taken him slightly ahead of the ball. Is this a problem for the Armenian? No, it is absolutely not a problem for the Armenian, who, you know, he never, he hasn't hit his Borussia Dortmund form at any point since then. And I did once hear a rumour that other United players, when he first arrived at the club, uh, spent quite a lot of training looking looking at him, wondering if he was a competition winner. So poor was his performances in uh-huh. training. But in fact, he's a football genius. And well, this moment so. proved it. Through three phases of play, he's in the number nine role and, and Zlatan is wide. Which doesn't make any sense, but he was. Uh, and he was there at the right time to, to do that. And God, what a travesty it would be to rule out that kind of goal. I mean, yeah, an absolute disgrace. But it was be- it was a thing of pure beauty. And and as I say, every time I talk about this goal, I, you know, it's one of those where you, you're kind of so glad you were there. And for some reason, I could see what had happened live. And everyone in the stadium could see what had happened live because the noise the crowd makes begins with the letter O. It doesn't begin with Y. That's that's like, I love a goal where O comes before yes. <laughs> well, look, just look at Zlatan's face. He's like, what has gone on there? <laughs> I didn't score that one. Yep. Uh, number two is another goal where the person watching it pulls an amazing face. We just talked a lot about it, but in slightly... Number four, sorry, I said not number two. Number four, the fact that this is the fourth best goal of the decade shows you how amazing the top three are. Uh, the Di Maria float, the only way to beat Liverpool's kind of advancing offside trap. Juan Mata with very astute movement then realises, I haven't got time to take this down. I'm just going to have to scissor kick it into the back of the net at Anfield. What's going on in his little brain at that moment? I mean, Di Marino pulls out the number nine, you know, the pitching wedge, and a beautiful short game there, and just just a perfect pass. And I assume he thinks that Mata's going to control it and try and shoot. Uh, But Mata gets himself almost completely horizontal in the middle of the air and uh, just finds the far corner just beautifully, cleanly. Unlike someone on this list, he got this one clean. <laughs> Juan Field. I mean, it will forever be remembered. Any United fan that was alive and watching football in 2015 um, will always know exactly what you mean when you say, you know, the Juan Field goal. Lovely, lovely. Number and three. Every, every United fan alive in 2011 or watching football in 2011, will know exactly what you mean when you say, you know, the Nanny Community Shield goal. <laughs> you know, the friendly goal. Listen, we're not going to relitigate, but suffice to say, if it was just based on the quality of... Oh, no, that it wasn't... This this featured heavily in the Game of, game the, decade of the Decade debate. Because yeah. my, my belief is it probably sort of deserved but anyway listen we won't you can go and listen to Whatever. and any goal any game in which chris smalling scores no he he scored in a lot of big games this this was an absolutely beautiful goal it's it's involving two outrageous flicks from tom cleverly tom cleverly was good like Every, that's that's the truth until the injury like that injury set him back so far and he never found himself again really but he was really good in the youth team we all were really excited about Tom Cleverley and then he came into the first team and was pulling 
business like he was in the build up with this. I mean, this is Welbeck, Cleverly, and Nanny combining to absolutely just stunning effect. Tackering it all around City. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. And then just a lovely, lovely chipped finish. This is Manchester United's 11th game at the new Wembley. They've only won two of the previous 10 in 90 minutes. It's actually, a, if you count the shootout wins, it's one five, lost five. Not exactly a, a second home for them. Here's a cleverly. And now Rooney. And now Nani. City trying to put up the barricades. Oh, Nani's in. It's brilliant play. It's a wonderful, oh, a truly wonderful Wembley goal. Manchester United for Nani in the Community Shield and in a flash really 2-0 up for City has become 2-2 Oh, it's, it's, It is an aesthetic wonder this goal in a way it's sort of the most perfect aesthetic of any of the goals because it's not a moment of magic it's a collection of small moments of genius all flowing together with kind of nothing happened there's no bobble of the ball at any point in the build up it's all just absolutely nailed on perfect and yeah well n- yeah 1.90s touch is not perfect oh, oh, it, like, right. it comes it is not bobble of the ball it's just not it's not you know it's not berber it's not it's not berber soft <laughs> no but, but you know, it was good enough. His finish was better soft, wasn't it? It was like just the the gentle lift, um, yeah. And also that that like that fully got us back into that game because uh, that made it that made it two all. So at number two, it's another goal against Manchester City, um, the world's most brilliant shinner. Nutty. One of the great goals in the history of the Manchester Derby. I mean, I don't know how many times this got to have had billions and billions of views, this one, all around the world. It's uh, just uh, the moment, the opposition, um, Nani again, isn't it? Floating in with a sort of high cross that spins up. No, it's Nani trying to drill in a cross and it hitting the first man and spinning up into and the air. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rooney did the only thing he could do from that position, which was like just nod it back to an unrushing midfielder. Oh, he leaps like a salmon. I mean, this is this is such a distillation of Rooney's absolutely pure football genius. Because this is this is this is almost not the last flush of it, but the most sort of perfect distillation of like when he was. This is almost the exact moment of Rooney's footballing peak. So he's had the injury. Uh, He's had all the end of that season. He's had the frustration about United's signings and he's looking to get out. He's convinced by a combination of Alex Ferguson's emotional blackmail and literal threats on his life to stay at United. Yeah, And and the um, cash. Not his song is not being sung anymore. He's he's getting abuse from the stands um, because he's perceived now as like this disloyal traitor. And that all ends because in this one moment he is redeemed. And it's fitting that he held his arms uh, out wide in a crucifix pose for he sacrificed himself to be reaccepted or something. Well, it's the time of year for it, isn't it, Ed? <laughs> um, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's the, the, that's one. the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
it was without doubt, uh, even though, like, uh, you know, it doesn't come cleanly off his boot, it doesn't matter because it's it's it doesn't make it any less of an absolutely unbelievable goal. Does actually use his foot because the ball lands in the sort of it's cushioned by the top of his foot, which is obviously like above the ball because of the shape of his leg. So it, it is actually shaped, the direction of the ball travels is shaped by his foot, but the, the speed of the ball is coming off his shin. It's, it's immense. Um, and it would have been a perfectly reasonable candidate for the goal of the decade. All of them would. Absolutely. But the one that we've chosen... Well, I guess everybody must have worked it out by the uh, process of deduction, right? Because there's no way this couldn't be in the top five. Rooney's uh, 50-yarder against West Ham. (laughs) Rooney is heavily involved in this one because um, the ball, Villa have the ball, it uh, is broken up by United's defence, comes, I think, to Carrick, who just talk about recycled possession, just quickly nudges it across to Rooney, yeah. who looks up and he sees something. He sees. He sees a man who knows what striker movement looks like. Westwood. And Bonlohar. Given away to Kagawa. Now Rooney. And Percy making a trademark run again. And what a ball to pick him out. And what a finish. A magnificent goal by Robin Van Persie. It's a thing of beauty, the movement. It's just a thing of beauty. Cut the goal out and the pass out and it's still a thing of beauty. There's a chance that, like, um, Avar would have varred it. Cause it's I very, think very close. Yeah, it's incredibly close because he he's, he's there's two Villa defenders or maybe even three. No, I think it's two, and he runs across both of them from an offside position back, just fractionally back into an onside position, and it's then that Rooney hits the long diagonal over the top of them, and Van Persie runs like if you see from an overhead camera, he runs like a bishop and then like a rook. So it's it's not like a bent run. It's a diagonal run and then a straight run. And then he does the thing that he does and United win the league. And and look, every part of that is just absolutely perfect. Winning the ball, the quick pass out to the out wide, the the 50-yard pass over the top of two defenders, the movement and the run, and then just to hit it that clean. Every part of this goal is perfect. It's just absolutely magical. I can't believe, I still can't believe it worked. Football's so great. In it, like when football is good, there is just nothing better than it. And this, the goal of the decade. Yes, it's been a it's been a tough decade, but we've seen some absolute scenes, um, as you would expect. And I'm sure that whatever whether United spend any time at the top of uh, the table in the 2020s, um, I think for sure we can be, we know for sure we're going to see magical scenes over the next ten years. Oh, of course we will. They may be far and few between, but in in a way, in a way that like just kind of helps, doesn't it? With this debate, when we're doing this debate again in twenty twenty nine, yeah, assuming we're still alive by then, um, I, I, yeah, we'll see. And and Mason Greenwood, we're talking about his beautiful movement to score the winner versus Inter <laughs> Milan in the European Super Cup. 
Super League, the Nis- Super the Nissin Noodles, whatever it's called at that stage. You know, when they've all got their way and broken away. The Nissin Noodles Global Football Challenge. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, um, listen, we've been doing this show for the entire decade, and uh, some of you have been listening for all that time, and we're immensely, immensely grateful for your support or your encouragement. I mean, we've had so many like lovely reviews. Um, it's been. It's been and and that's beyond like the messages on Twitter, on Instagram, the emails, just so much incredibly lovely feedback, and it is it just it, it means the absolute world that people would care about us doing this, like because it's it's silly in a way, but it's it's amazing. I uh, I had to look through our one star reviews. We've got twelve of them. Depends on like if you look at the global with this five hundred and something. Uh, reviews we've got and uh, 12 one star ones and there's some very interesting feedback on there <laughs> some good stuff mostly mostly it's about me to be fair uh, being some <laughs> kind of snowflake you know who moans about wayne rooney every week something like that i feel like one of those is fair that it's directed at you and the other one very much isn't because out of the two of us i am way more of a snowflake than you are <laughs> anyway uh the 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 twelve one star reviews pale in comparison to the literally hundreds of five star reviews. So uh, a massive thanks to everyone that's taken the time out to to do that. Um, and uh, and thank you, Paul, for doing all the research on this because uh, uh, you, I think you enjoyed yourself. I, I really did, and I have to say, uh, the research that I've done on this somewhat pales in comparison to the work that you've put in in the last two months of the life of this podcast, Ed. Um, so yeah, uh, merry festival, winter festival of your choosing to absolutely every single one of you, and uh, have a beautiful 2020. And we'll be back in the new year with another regularly scheduled show. We certainly will be. Come on, you Reds. Title winners 2020. Yeah, that's it.